often, you know, I will ask my clients when I start to work with them, like, what are your top five health concerns? And I would say probably 80% of the time I've got at least one of those being a skin issue. Yeah. Cause it's, it affects everything. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad to see people making that connection. Yeah. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we are starting our little mini series of best of episodes while we take a little bit of breath and a breather from the podcast to go back to the drawing board, get creative, get excited about what we're bringing all of you for 2021. Let's all pray it's going to be a better year than 2020. (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so we have hand selected a few episodes for you all to enjoy that you probably haven't listened to yet based Mm -hmm. on our our listener stats we know some of those like really juicy early episodes have barely gotten touched compared to you know the number of listens that we have on more recent episodes and this like some of these episodes are so like evergreen and we just keep coming back to them and Mm -hmm. so this first episode is one that Genevieve chose episode four real OG so you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna hear some baby baby Cassie and baby Jen as far as podcasting is concerned um but it's episode yeah episode four healing dry skin from within Jen um do you want to tell everybody why you chose this episode yeah, this episode is really important because I, I literally reference it in every single conversation I have around water dry, oil dry skin, water consumption, electrolyte balance in the skin, why oily skin can still be dry. I mean, there's so many factors in here that, that affect every single skin type that it's kind of a misleading title that way, but it needed to be this way so people understood because healing dry skin from within is so much more than... Um, than just, you know, oh, I have oily skin, but I, but if you have flaky skin, then let's have that conversation. That is so common. And I think that this time of year gets, it becomes exceptionally prevalent. And with the year of stress we've had, we're all a little more dehydrated than usual. And I think this will benefit everyone greatly hearing it again, especially because like you're saying, it's an OG episode. It's number four. It's really far down there. And when we reference it, it's still difficult to scroll that far and go to it. So I'm, I'm thrilled to bring this one back in because I think it'll connect dots for people of things we've been saying over the last like year or so. Yeah. And I feel like this was me like basically writing a scientific paper on air. (laughs) (laughs) So well prepared for this one. (laughs) We, yeah. And it's something that a lot of people don't understand because we talk Mm -hmm. a lot about dry skin, but we don't talk about the internal factors that aid in that skin dryness. And we do have our skin typing episode 
on um, um, dry skin. We'll link that in the show notes for everybody. But in general, you know, what we see is that folks don't know whether they're oil dry or water dry. And so much of that is that internal landscape. And there's mm-hmm. so many little kind of consistent changes that you can make in order to make a really big difference in your skin and something that I'm sorry, like a product might not be able to touch. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's the internal landscape of our skin health is extremely important. We're going to be talking about that more and more on the podcast in the next few months as well, as we dive into hormonal health in 2021. But, um, this is such a good, such a good flashback episode, a little it best is. of, so I hope one. you guys enjoy it. All right. Today we are on kind of like a part two I guess we could call it of this part two part we're going two. internal today yeah we're talking about uh, the dry we we talked about dry skin on part one and now we're kind of talking about the dry insides which actually kind of can mean more than what it sounds like so <laughs> we know that there's a, a lot of skin problems that have to do with our food but we can also see how that has to do with um a healthy diet um but our skin can really tell us a lot about what's going on with our insides so yep um, there's a couple different ways that our skin being dry, but one of the only two, or only one of the two different types of dryness is a problem. And that was something we wanted to talk about. We know that even though we generally think of dry as meaning lacking in water, uh, when it comes to your skin, you can either be water dry or oil dry. And I know there's a lot you have to say about that. Like Cassie has a lot to say for what that means. And this is you're gonna be just you guys are gonna love this episode because there's so much information that'll help your skin and your insides you know it's just super important because I know my foundational health efforts have come from my insides and then I had to address the outsides you know well and so many times when we're going for an aesthetic goal whether that be like weight loss or clearer skin or you know whatever it is it's the things that we do to fix it internally are often the things we need to do to fix ourselves anyway. Right. (laughs) Or just simply support the body a little bit better rather than quote unquote fix, I should say. Right. So, and, and, and beyond like the face cream, like if you guys have any curiosities about like the topical side and how you can work with it from the outside, definitely check out our previous episode. But, um, this one, I wanted to kind of start with like, what, what do you mean by water dry? Yeah. So when you're dealing with dry skin, like it's just so important to think about skincare as like an internal issue Mm -hmm. from a foundation standpoint. You know, when we talk about foundational skincare, we're talking about, you know, like cleansing correctly and providing a protective moisture barrier as far as topical is concerned. But internally, if someone walks into my office and they have skin issues, like I'm going to be like, okay, look, this is where we're going to start. Let's talk. This is where we're starting. Um, And it's really common for people who have metabolic issues, um, difficulty detoxifying or clearing toxins from the body, liver health issues. I know I have um, that problem. And, and then people who just have general digestive issues or, or um, gut permeability, i.e. leaky gut, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things to be addressed there. But nine times out of 10, those people walk into my office with skin issues. Yep. And it shows and you mm-hmm. can tell the level of inflammation and where that might be coming from. And, and often, you know, I will ask my clients when I start to work with them, like, what are your top five health concerns? And I would say probably 80% of the time I've got at least one of those being a skin issue. Yeah. Cause it's, it affects everything. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad to see people making that connection. Yeah. 
and because it's not always made. So, um, you know, I think honestly, just realizing that it's not always going to be as quick of a fix is like, obviously just applying the right night cream. Yes. <laughs> uh, if only it were, that would be great. Yes. So, you know, when we talk about water dry versus oil dry, the reason why I wanted to break it down this way is because it depends on like if you're water dry or you're oil dry, how you're going to take care of that. Yeah. Um, from an internal standpoint. So water dry kind of means the skin itself lacks water. Mm -hmm. So proper water balance is what you're looking for when it comes to skin health. And it doesn't mean you need to apply water topically or cleanse more or use more water rich products. That actually makes it worse. Yeah. It's a really common misconception. Um, the skin depends on water for hydration, but not just water, right? It's so Mm -hmm. much bigger than that. Um, we have to have cofactors with that water to, in order to provide proper hydration for the skin. So it actually depends on like a proper chemical process inside the body between the cells themselves all of the processes that involve water, but also electrolytes. And this was revolutionary for yeah, me. Yeah, so when we're talking about electrolytes, we're also talking, I mean, really honestly about minerals and mineral balance. And so minerals are what enables water to cross the cell barrier. Oh, that's fascinating. So if you're not having... Uh, enough like if you're if you're over hydrating which is is really common in the natural health community yeah we're like oh drink you know a several gallons carry carry gallon sized jugs with you everywhere when I hear people being like I'm carrying a gallon sized jug I'm like uh what's your body weight because I don't think you can even handle that much water (laughs) so like a really good so for hydration a really good rule of thumb is about half your body weight in ounces of water per day is like a jumping off point and then you ideally offset some diuretics um so like if you're drinking coffee or black tea or even some herbal teas like peppermint and licorice are actually Mm. diuretics Um, and peppermint's a really common one that people use and then obviously like green tea as well it's caffeinated so i might get controversial Um, controversial when i ask you this but peppermint essential oil then must be a massive punch yeah to dehydration yeah it it can be it just really depends on how your body it's so bio-individual so interesting yeah so basically when we're looking at um you know getting enough water we need to have a good eye for how much diuretic are we taking and how much coffee are you really drinking mm-hmm. um and with my clients more often than not it's this conversation okay like listen if you want to offset the amount of caffeine or or diuretics in general between coffee and tea that you're taking in throughout the day like here's how much more water you'd have to add to your routine Ooh, it's about one and a half to two ounces of water per ounce of diuretic so it's like oh. double the amount oh. so if you're drinking 16 ounces of coffee or even. more most people drink more you know yeah. up to oh, yeah. 32 Couple you cups could a day. be like adding anywhere between like 30 40 50 60 ounces of water to your day and most people don't even consume that much within a day so uh-huh. that's like the additional so uh, you know and one thing I want to note too is this again is so bio-individual it also depends on if you're eating lots of water-rich foods you don't need to drink as much water mm, yeah, so yeah. you know I get to keep my water consumption within a reasonable amount you know I, I generally go for like 80 to 100 ounces for me which with where my weight's at is is great and I, I feel good doing that but if I go above that I actually feel dehydrated Dude. which is really interesting or bloated. even bloated yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah so and that's just a, a really good sign 
find that you need some minerals to be able to access said water and allow the water to cross the cell barrier and be used within the body. So a few like practical things you could do trace minerals in your water. So you could do some drops of trace minerals in your water. Um, You could do topical um, or internal magnesium supplementation. But really what I like to see is a myriad of minerals together in like a really nice cohesive blend because it's Mm. very difficult to get, you know, any particular kind of mineral um, in conjunction without without the other minerals, it needs to be a balance is what I'm trying to say. So question, if you're getting a reverse osmosis water because you're trying to like make sure you don't have fluoride and you're like trying to drink as clean as yeah, you can. Yeah, you best be adding mineral drops. Exactly. So that was something I wanted to be said because I think a lot of people think, oh, I don't need it. No, 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 no. You like, do. Yeah. Make sure you guys get that in because it's kind of a big deal. And if you're doing any sort of like at home, like probiotic brewing of any kind, then you it needs to be in the water because the probiotics need it too. I mean, think about that. Yeah. They need the minerals. So if, if the probiotics need the minerals, then your your body definitely needs the minerals. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are a you are a bacteria filled <laughs> being, basically. <laughs> bacteria bag. We're we're more living organisms than we are ourselves, which is <laughs> bonkers as far as like cell to cell goes. So um so that's you know a really practical thing you do. Another thing you can do is just add a couple pinches of sea salt to your water throughout the day. That's what I do. Um, and honestly, like if it, just total side note, but if you get a headache, throw like a quarter teaspoon of really high mineral rich sea salt. So it needs to have color to it. A gray, mm. a Himalayan pink. Um, I really like Redmond real salt. That's one of my favorites. And um, just like even a couple pinches in your water or up to like a quarter teaspoon in like a, you know, 16 to 32 ounce glass of water and just sip on that slowly. I mm-hmm. promise you, your headache will most likely go away. Dude, that happened to me earlier this week. <laughs> I was like, you can even throw a little salt on the tongue if you have a headache. I was going to ask my, I, I've seen um, bodybuilders who talk a lot about electrolytes, like and, like suck on like bouillon cubes. Oh yeah. For, you know, I'm like, that's a little intense, but the application's interesting. Like, and it, it helps with their headaches. Like I saw girls walking around with, um, they're walking around with these little cubes and they were popping them in her mouth right before fitness competition. And I was like, Oh, why, what are they doing? But this makes a lot of sense. I'm sure they're dealing with all sorts of dehydration. Uh, yeah, it's a whole nother issue. (laughs) Not eating a lot of water rich food. Do you have any other, uh, interesting tips for us for that? Not really. I mean, it's, it's pretty darn basic. Um, eating mineral rich foods is also really great. I mean, seafood is really high in mineral content. Um, what else is high in mineral content for food? uh, If you're looking at like sea vegetables, that's honestly Mm. like things that live in the sea, which is why dead sea salt is like, or, you know, any sort of sea salt is going to be more mineral rich. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of foods that you can eat that have a, a decent balance of minerals, a lot of vegetables and fruits and, um, but really honestly, it, 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 when you're getting to the point where you're really lacking hydration, you probably need a little bit more of a balance. So when you're lacking hydration in the skin, and honestly, when you're just kind of feeling, when you feel dehydrated in your body, that is a latent, if you're thirsty, that is a latent sign of dehydration. That's like Like, the last thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're noticing it in your skin, that really is going to be a chronic issue. But the beauty of that is it can be addressed pretty easily and pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. So, and your body will respond really well if you couple that additional hydration that you're bringing in with the right mineral balance. See, this is the kind of 
stuff that why are we not taught this when we're young we should be oh my gosh all we need is just the little knowledge and tools to be to lead a healthier more successful life that's off my soapbox okay i feel you girl (laughs) so the ideal situation with your skin is that when hydration is at like the right level for you your skin looks full and healthy because the cells have achieved like a proper water balance essentially Mm -hmm. that water is being allowed to cross the barrier we've got plumpness all that good stuff that shows youthful skin that doesn't let fine lines show through right when we're hydrated we don't we aren't showing those fine lines um and when things are a little off when water balance is off you tend to see like so water dry skin looks kind of ashy Mm -hmm. um deflated and it can even look kind of sunken um even if it looks oily so you can have water dry skin that's oily too yeah um and oily skin honestly like that's a whole nother deal as far as like looking at oil dry Mm -hmm. um but oil dry you won't be oily water dry you will be oily because yeah, your yeah. body is trying to respond with excess sebum production to that dryness. Yeah, it's making so it further. It can be a little awesome. confusing. Right, um, for sure. But it's pretty common. Um, and when skin is water dry, it usually means like the raw materials for maintaining that cellular balance, water and electrolytes are just simply out of balance. So again, you can drink more water, check sources of electrolytes in your diet, um, you know, see vegetables, uh, fish, shellfish, trace mineral drops in your water heavy amounts of like sea salt seasoning on your food like your food should be salted it's that's okay like a, that's a culinary thing like <laughs> when i taste undersalted food i'm like what are you doing that's, that's a separate culinary conversation <laughs> um but the other thing i wanted to mention is if you mentioned reverse osmosis water mm-hmm. but if also if your water is soft or if you have distilled water um you're definitely going to need to be looking for more additional sources for minerals oh that makes um, a lot of sense and then the other thing i wanted to mention which i didn't say before if you add a pinch of sea salt to your water you can add some lemon or lemon and juice and then also a little bit of maple syrup because the tiny bit of sugar actually helps your body absorb and use the salt too see that makes a lot of sense because there is sugar in nature and it's like why why would that be there if it's super bad for us the problem is we have modified fruit so much that it Mm -hmm. contains an insane amount of sugar it never used to be like that exactly we used to have mineral rich in conjunction with sugar right yeah it just goes to show that there's a place for sugar in nature when used properly so yeah don't be afraid of it (laughs) so and we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about the dietary and kind of the response to oil dry skin but um also making sure that you're getting enough omega-3 rich food in your diet will help with cellular electrolyte balance because fatty acids will interact with the minerals in your cells to help balance things out whoa wait back up so your essential fatty acids interact with minerals in inside the cells oh okay (laughs) Sorry, this is new information for me. So I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard so much about omega-3 rich foods, um, but there, I feel like there's so much information about why and what it means. So, I, sorry, I have to pause because this is just, I have to pause on this topic because I'm like, this, <laughs> this is kind of blowing my mind. Like I hear so much about, like I know a lot about cells. I know a lot about the cellular basis and what that means. So knowing how the electrolytes interact with the cell and how... Uh, the essential fatty acids and the minerals so is it is it allowing the the electrolytes to interact with the cell purely because it's there in interaction or is it like opening the door like how does that work yeah i mean honestly the balance electrolyte balance entirety of the cell doesn't just rely on 
on mineral levels and hydration, it also relies on fatty acid balance and the communication (laughs) behind, I mean, all of your cells, like your entire cell membrane is made up of a phospholipid bilayer, lipid meaning fat. Mm -hmm. So, and we talk a lot about how You know, it's really important to take in a decent amount of dietary saturated fat because your cell wall really honestly would love to be made of purely saturated fat for the most part, not purely, but, you know, the majority of it, Um, because saturated fat in cellular structure is um, is solid. It's in a good way. It is it provides a very strong barrier to the cell same thing um, as the skin too yes well every you know your skin is made up of cells right? yeah so <laughs> yourself should have some lipids in them yeah yeah so so they interact you know the essential fatty acids interact inside the cell and then we also have a barrier being intact by proper you know basically consumption of saturated oh, fat i feel like when i learn all these things and then they all start to collide i'm like oh my gosh that makes so much sense like so let's <laughs> talk about omega-3 rich foods that you can eat yeah sardines baby oh, um man. cold water fatty fish is an excellent source of omega-3 fatty acids Which so would be? sardines mackerel okay um that sort of thing and then also interestingly enough purely grass-fed beef can actually be higher in omega-3 fatty acids than some versions of cold water fatty fish yes okay Um, cool and that just goes to show too how important it is uh to eat food that's being that's being fed the food it was meant to eat right right (laughs) right the trickle down is real uh it is it it affects (laughs) the fatty acid content in the meat um which affects your cells yeah (laughs) and if you're eating uh you know meat from a grass-fed cow it is going to be a much healthier makeup and fatty acid balance within that meat for your body. Pretty yeah, it almost, freaking cool. Almost sounds like a dust statement, but when you start like putting all these pieces together of how the cells are working and how they're interacting with all these different pieces, it, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. So let's touch on for a second. Um, when, while we're talking about water dry skin before we move on to oil dry um, is climate and seasons and kind of how that can affect oh, your yeah. skin. So like water dry skin um, is for the most part dry from the inside, but because like, of course we have to add another layer of shenanigans on top of this. <laughs> um, what climate or season you're in can really affect how your skin loses hydration not how it gets the hydration that's going to be internal but how it loses it over throughout the day or what have you Which throughout the season so, replenish. so where you live can really quickly affect how your skin loses water and I notice this when I travel right we all mm-hmm. do um, and when the environment around us is dry like during the winter or in drier climates uh, water is drawn from the skin and into the environment. So this is one of the reasons that I generally recommend people use a humidifier. Um, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, you probably don't really need one. <laughs> we get plenty of humidity. But um, if you travel a lot, you right, hear there's a lot or, about travel size. Or, you know, just if you're coming from a place where you feel like your skin is water dry, you know, you've got that sunken, ashy, deflated, dull looking skin, you know, you could try a humidifier in your room and see how that helps. Yeah, that sounds like a really quick, easy try it out solution so I I wanted to talk a little bit about humectants and what that means so humectant is something that draws moisture to it it's it's usually like ingredient oriented so an ingredient can be a humectant and like glycerin and hyaluronic acid they can help you know quote-unquote seal water in uh, if there's water to be sealed in in the first place now hyaluronic acid can bring water to it but it's not going to put it in the skin it's basically going to put it there 
You know what I mean? And it's, it doesn't penetrate beyond maybe like a layer or two. So it's not going to be a fix all. It does help with the appearance, but it's a, a bandaid really. So if you are in dry climates and the humectant will draw water towards itself and um, it'll in moist climates, it'll keep the proper hydration, that sort of thing. Um, but this is also why you kind of need to like try things out because there are a lot of products that have humectants in it, but it also might be formulated with something that's not going to help you in the long run. It's just meant to balance out the formula. Kind of like we were talking about with the alcohol. Yeah. We talked about that in the previous. Yeah. Yeah. We, in the previous episode, we definitely touched on that. So, um, that can, humectants can affect how your skin is interacting and it might make it difficult for you to understand if you're oil dry or water dry. Sure. So as long as you understand what those humectants are doing, it'll help you properly like look at your yourself a little bit more with a clearer lens, you know? Yeah. So interesting. So, um, I think the next, like when we're talking about water dry skin, it's important to note that like no amount of nourishing skincare, even oil-based will fix your problem. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, focusing on water intake with minerals, um, keeping your environment a little bit more humid, depending on what season and, and climate that you're in. And then, um, kind of experimenting with some humectants like glycerin or, um, sodium hyaluronate and, you know, checking with someone who's qualified, i.e. a fabulous esthetician <laughs> um, in your area who does safe, non-toxic stuff would be great as far as finding, you know, a more moisture rich routine that can work for that. Um, but, you know, water dry is a little bit more challenging than oil dry because you can actually correct oil dry skin from the outside a lot more easily. That makes a lot of sense. So let's go to that and then we'll kind of geek out on some product <laughs> stuff that people can can use for oil dry skin because we all know like we talk about, you know, it takes a little while for our skin to respond to internal changes. Water dry, it's pretty like it's, you know, you just need to hydrate a little bit better. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, as far as oil dry that can we can look a little bit deeper into fat consumption, digestion, et cetera, gut health. And, um, you know, knowing what to do is important for the internal piece, but we all want like a quicker solution to feel better and, and have our skin look better and just be more comfortable in our own skin. And right. so I think it's always important as we're talking about these internal fixes to give some details about what people can do topically to help that along. Right, right, right. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about exfoliation and how important it is, even if you've kind of fixed things and you've got really healthy glowing skin underneath, if you haven't sloughed off that nasty dead skin on the top, it's, you're not going to get that quality that you've now achieved by adjusting your diet and adjusting your skincare. Yeah. They definitely work together. Yeah. So I've definitely recently experienced the magic of <laughs> physical and chemical exfoliation. Oh so man. It is I'm magical. excited for that. So oil dry skin is interesting because it simply isn't producing adequate sebum, which is like the skin's natural, like oil and lubrication system protection mechanism, um, to allow like a really dewy plump look, which like the dewy look is so in, especially right moving oh into gosh. summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want my skin to look that way without having to add a bunch of highlight. <laughs> I know. So um, a really common question that we get is, you know, how do you know if you're oil dry over um, water dry? And so I was having a conversation recently with Liz Wolf 
She's an amazing skincare expert all all up in the the real food world. You can find her at realfoodliz.com. She has a lot of really lovely resources. But we were talking. Oh, my gosh. She's amazing. She's definitely going to be on the podcast, um, Mm -hmm. hopefully sooner rather than later. And um, we'll definitely take questions from you guys. So be looking for that post on Instagram. Definitely. Um, But a good way she mentioned to test to see if your skin is like oil dry versus water dry is actually go to bed with like a completely clean face with no moisturizer. I don't know if I could do that. Right. It would be difficult. (laughs) And then sleep on your back if at all possible. So you don't like have pillowcase stuff kind of interfering Mm. with oil production, which personally this wouldn't work for me because I would just turn over. (laughs) I move a lot while I sleep. Um, And. And in the morning, you would kind of dab your skin either with like a square of one ply toilet paper or like a square of like an oil dabbing like a rice um, tissue. Yeah, like a rice paper mm-hmm. situation. Um, and you'll see if there's like at least a trace of oil on there, then your skin has produced adequate sebum and, and is nourished overnight. And that's great. And if your skin has absolutely no oil in the morning, it's likely oil dry. And this is me. <laughs> I'm right. oil dry, Same. which makes perfect sense to me because what I found out through my nutrition journey is that I have issues with digesting fat. Mm-hmm. So I have to support my gallbladder. I have a lot of familial issues with gallbladder stuff. And, um, you know, I noticed that when I switched to a more real food framework and then actually moved into like a ketogenic and, and lower carb lifestyle, which actually works really well for me metabolically, mm. doesn't work as well for me as far as uh, like a gut health perspective is concerned. So we'll talk a little bit about what that means. So um, Genevieve's also got another little interesting test that she can talk about to take a look at your skin and see if you think it's oil dry. Yeah, when I was in the med spa, that was one of the first things we did in evaluation of people's skin. They would lay down on the bed and beyond kind of like touching their face, asking about their history, what kind of skincare are you using? I'd go in and I would do some like physical tests to, to see how it looks to my professional eye. And you guys can do this at home. So I'm going to try to describe it to you. So on your forehead, you take your pointer finger and your thumb and you turn it diagonal on your forehead. Think of your head like a square, turn it diagonally and then pinch it together. Don't do it um, north and south or east and west. Do like diagonal and then pinch it together. And if you look in the mirror and it's got plumper waves to it, it doesn't look deflated. It doesn't look like crepey like ricey cracker paper which is actually really common and you don't notice it until you pull that skin together and you're like oh like I definitely went through those stages my skin is doing really good right now but I've been like working really hard on my oil production inside Mm -hmm. lately so definitely check yourself out in the mirror if you can't do the test that uh, Liz was talking about because like I flip on my side like when I sleep sometimes my stomach like in the middle of the night and even when I try not to so if you can't quite do that exact test you can absolutely do that test in the mirror and you can if you start to get that if you look kind of crepey you can that's a pretty good indication that you're oil dry Mm. okay I like it yeah multiple tools for the toolbox yeah so as far as like creating a happy environment internally for your oil dry skin and trying to really kind of bring balance and and nourish the skin, you really need to address digestion. Mm, Digestion is a huge cofactor for lack of oil production in the skin. Um, If you can imagine, right, oil production has a ton to do with our essential fatty acid balance. Um, And if we're not getting either getting enough fat in the diet or if we're not digesting that fat, very well because you know there are a lot of people out there who are like you know why isn't my skin responding I eat a lot of healthy 
you know, real fat in the form of egg yolks and coconut oil. And it's like, well, what's your body doing with that? Exactly. (laughs) So if you're not processing it well or assimilating those nutrients. So digestion is a huge cofactor and we're going to do a whole episode on digestion. And oh, man, that's probably going to be a four part series. (laughs) A really, really simple and good place to start is actually to, um, you know, sit down be very relaxed, try and reach a parasympathetic state, which is like the relaxed state um, of your nervous system while you're eating. Take some deep breaths, say a few words of gratitude. That takes a lot of intention it these does. days. It really does because mm-hmm. we're so apt to like grab our computer or our phone while we're eating. We How eat fast super can we fast. Shove it in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, chew your food extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, take smaller bites so that you don't have to chew each bite as as much. Um, and we kind of have this we have this joke in nutritional therapy that is um, drink your your solids and chew your liquids. <laughs> because honestly, if you're taking like a, if you think of a smoothie, even you need to be chewing said smoothie in order to break it down because otherwise you're sending like all of ideally like a really nutrient packed smoothie down the pike and you're not you're not chewing so you're not actually telling your body what's coming chewing is no spit no chewing is a major major signal you get chemical and mechanical breakdown of your food with chewing oh Um, interesting because of the production of salivary amylase which is that enzyme that helps break down carbohydrate in the mouth so Hmm. Um, just, you know, a couple of basic steps around digestion is a great place to start. And again, we'll do a full episode on, on digestion for sure. It's probably gonna be like a four part series, who knows? For real. Um, and then, you know, addressing gut health, gut health and skin health are, are very closely tied. Uh, if your gut flora aren't in balance, your skin probably won't be in balance either. And this is why I think a lot of this conversation around like probiotic skincare and, you know, doing, you can do some probiotic stuff on, on the skin or, you know, this is one of the reasons why lactic acid can be so helpful for the skin as well. So, um, you know, taking a look, if you've got, if you've got acne, if you've got some other skin issues, dry skin, you know, take a look, are you eating probiotic rich foods? Are you taking in bone broth? That's super gut healing. Are you, um, you know, avoiding foods that could be inflammatory for you. A lot of people are sensitive to nightshades or FODMAPs or even have specific food intolerances that need to be addressed in order to reduce inflammation. Mm. And when you reduce internal inflammation, you will reduce external inflammation, right? It's all connected. Yay. Mm. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is that as far as like, just touching on acne really quick, I know we're talking about hydration and and acne can be a lot to do. I know. So Mm -hmm. um, dairy is a really common acne trigger not a cause but a trigger so well, it's inflammatory it's very it can be yes Depending it can be inflammatory mm-hmm. it all depends bio-individual mm-hmm. um and while dairy can be a really lovely source of nutrition it's not right for everybody but also just not at every time in, oh. in life so you know there are times where um you know we need to really shore things up and allow the body to heal mm-hmm. and and repair the permeability of the gut and allow it to be, you know, more so semi-permeable than hyper-permeable, right? Oh, we get yeah. those tight junctures in the in the small intestine loosening, and that's kind of what we call leaky gut. And it allows things to pass through, and it, and dairy can be one of those proteins that the body kind of attacks first. Yeah. So that's a really good line of defense if you're having skin issues to remove dairy. Um, And there have been numerous studies that have found that acne patients who had lower serum levels of vitamin A, E, and zinc, um, 
generally have, you know, deficiencies in those areas were connected to that acne as well, which is going to drive dry skin as well because That's you're not having proper fatty acid balance and balance of fat soluble vitamins. You find, you find a lot of vitamin A, E, and zinc <laughs> in like, does that tend to travel together in some sort of like food or is it like, where can you find it naturally? Or does it need, really need I mean, to be it, supplemented? It, no, I mean, ideally we're getting all of our nutrition from our food and right. supplementation. I honestly, in my opinion, should be mostly temporary, which temporary for some people can mean years and some it can mean months or weeks. Um, supplements are really, you know, a band aid for the right. most part. Um, it's but to the reality, your food. yeah, <laughs> right. The reality is that, you know, most of us are not breaking down our food in the way that we should in order to get those nutrients and assimilate them but the same goes for the supplements we take if we aren't digesting our food we may or may not be digesting our supplements and there are you know plenty of supplements out there that help carry you know maybe they're enterically coated and they help carry it to exactly where it needs to be in the gut or you know what have you and that can be really helpful but it's important to know that you know honestly the first defense is to obviously eat a nutrient-dense diet which Mm -hmm. That's probably like 10 episodes. <laughs> um, it's like but, the, whole, the whole podcast. Yes. <laughs> but also to address digestion first. And then, I mean, honestly, like highest food that's rich in, or the, the food that's the richest in zinc for the most part is um, oysters. Ah, that's what I thought. And I was, I've been starting to eat more oysters because since you said that. Yeah. I've been eating more oysters since you told me that about zinc. Yeah. So there, it's an excellent source of zinc. Um, any other like, you know, multi-mineral rich food is going to be an excellent source for that too. Hmm. Um, and it will carry cofactors. And then vitamin A is difficult to get in our food. Um, I've heard lots about yeah, vitamin mostly A. Mostly liver, <laughs> really honestly. Uh-huh. Very rich in vitamin A. Um, vitamin E is like all over the place. So yeah. Uh, honestly, the, the bigger picture is, you know, looking at, you know, you can supplement with zinc a little bit in the meantime, I've actually, with just with topical zinc with using, um, the do skin tinted moisturizer from beauty counter, the zinc oxide in that has actually helped clear my skin up quite a bit. And zinc is actually naturally antibacterial, which, you know, a lot of acne can be driven by bacteria hanging out on the skin, um, or at least exacerbated by that. And so it's helped clear things up quite a bit for me. Yeah, that's fascinating. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. But more often than not, when we look at studies with patients with acne, uh, if we're looking at like serum levels of zinc, it's it's more often than not that it's it's imbalanced for sure. Oh, that's deficient so in zinc. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the mostly I wanted to touch on during this conversation is fat and carbohydrates. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite things to talk about. Massive topic. Um, alongside protein. I really like macros. <laughs> macros are fun. So getting enough good fat will really help your skin look younger for a longer period of time. So there was this really interesting study of Japanese women, um, and the intake of like saturated and monounsaturated, but not polyunsaturated bad, <laughs> uh, fat and was associated with greater skin elastic- elasticity and fewer wrinkles. Dude, Japanese women have amazing skin, right? Um, no sun damage maybe. <laughs> um, and, uh, and like, of course, like the usual, like, little bits and caveats apply so like you know association is not mean causation um but uh it's definitely some food for thought and i think this study also found that monounsaturated fat from olive oil in particular was associated with with healthy skin oh yeah people in the mediterranean have amazing amazing skin even though they have a ton of sun exposure 
I think it has to do with their diet for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you, so anyways, I mean, all in all, I think, you know, addressing fat consumption can be a really important component of this, but also again, digesting your fat well, and uh, collagen is another thing I want to mention. So uh, Ooh, there's a lot collagen. of evidence that dietary collagen, i.e. in the form of bone broth, um, or you can take like vital proteins, collagen peptides or Great Lakes collagen peptides um, can help reduce wrinkles. And I've seen a lot of improvement in my skin health and nails and hair uh, by Dude, supplementing my, with collagen. My gut's happier. Yeah, it helps repair the gut lining too. Yeah, because that's like the one of the only things I added into my diet probably six months ago, five months ago, and I I have a lot less inflammation. I can feel like my I don't feel bloated as much. Yeah. Anyway, I love it. I love it too. So the last thing I want to kind of touch on when it comes to like the dietary intervention is talking about carbohydrates because this is something that isn't really talked about a lot when it comes to skin health right we talk about how healthy fats and digesting healthy fats is really important for skin health but the truth of the matter is that aging skin and diabetic skin actually show a lot of the same characteristics which suggests there could be a huge connection between blood sugar and skin health Mm -hmm. um and you know again i find that when my clients get their blood sugar handled um or you know i have a clients who have type 2 diabetes and they're able to reverse that by changing their nutrition and lifestyle um you know it it changes their skin and so what Mm -hmm. we see is essentially a connection between what we call advanced glycation end products, which we call AGEs and advanced glycation end products. products. Yeah. So when we have an excess of, of sugar circulating in the bloodstream, what will happen is our tissues were, will like get hardened and we call it glycated. So they're just Mm -hmm. not as like, um, buoyant and, and easily move throughout the body and they don't communicate as well cell to cell. So you get rigidity in the tissues and, um, that all of that has to do with, um, when our blood sugar issues kind of meet an overconsumption of omega-6 fatty acids, which is what we are really seeing in our culture as far as like that full inflammatory response in the body. Bad Um, oils. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, everywhere when we talk about healthy fat, we we are not talking about the consumption of canola, cotton seeds, soybean oil. Sure. I mean, we were just Highly having inflammatory. Yes. And we were just having this discussion about, you know, when you eat out, like you have to be so careful with where you're choosing to eat and be really advocate for yourself when it comes to what oils are used because you're being exposed to those in restaurants constantly because mm-hmm. they're so cheap. Yeah. Um, and they provide like a consistent result a lot of the time. And so what you need to do for yourself is honestly, never consume them in your home so that when you do consume them when you're out and about if you have to um, yeah it's just a minor insult rather than a consistent thing that's happening instead of an Um, assault yeah so basically what happens is like as you improve your glycemic control as your blood sugar improves you can have a really good response in terms of like maintaining healthy younger looking skin and there was a really interesting study done in mice that actually found that the skin of diabetic mice was more sensitive to sun damage than the skin of non-diabetic mice which was so interesting and obviously sun damage and aging can look super similar right photo damage is is causing premature aging 
And so this like, I don't know, has to me has a huge connection between controlling blood sugar and avoiding premature aging. Well, if we're talking about lipids in the body and then backing up to our other earlier conversation of our cells needing the essential fatty acids and like connecting all those dots, it, it may not be something that we can directly say this definitely is part of this and this but it's worth talking about for sure. Talking about how even like our melanocytes deal with tanning the skin and protecting our skin from the UV rays, which is going to help protect our bodies against premature aging. And it's a lot of um, correlation, not necessarily causation because it needs to be talked about in that format, but it is something to talk about and think about that if you can really work with your body's essential fatty acids and the storage and you're being careful with what what oils you're bringing into your life, uh, it can affect your body in a beautiful cascade. Like, you know, in a more than just, oh, my digestive system is better. It's like your eyesight, your skin, your everything. There's a reason why we call it the foundations. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hydration, minerals, vitamins, protein, carbs, and y'all need it. Yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to kind of just like, give a little disclaimer for is that I don't want you to feel like to have healthy skin that you need to completely eliminate carbohydrates. That's not what I'm saying. Um, it's, it's not just the carbs. It's an unhealthy metabolic response to carbohydrates that can be really driving skin issues. So at a really simplified level, like that's what like diabetes is doing to the body. Like we have it's a really, metabolic yeah, it's, yeah, it has to do with insulin sensitivity. So in a metabolically healthy person, there's no reason to be afraid of like safe starches. So we're talking about like potatoes and plantains and yucca and maybe even a little bit of like white rice and mm-hmm. white rice versus brown rice is a whole nother conversation. Ooh. I'm just coming up with so many podcast topics right <laughs> better now. Better take our notes. <laughs> um, but a better plan is to find a carb level that works really well for you because that for me, is so different mm-hmm. than than you know the next person that's so again true. we're bio individuals so it includes like your energy levels your workout recovery your fertility like any other health issues that you have if you have adrenal issues you probably need some carbohydrates unless those adrenal issues are driven by blood sugar problems which is it exactly really how what i discovered through trial and error yeah so <laughs> try not to go to extremes um in order to address the blood sugar stuff i really i cannot tout enough the 21 day sugar detox program from Diane Sanfilippo. Mm-hmm. Go find yourself a 21 day sugar detox coach. Um, I'm using it for mostly corporate wellness right now, so I'm not running like major groups, but it, you know, feel free to contact me. My emails in the show notes. Um, she's and got a new workbook that I bought. That's my, it was my first yes, introduction to the, the 21, 21 day, day sugar, sugar detox, detox daily guide. Yes. And it helps you walk through the steps to, you know, l- getting a handle on your blood sugar, but in a really balanced way where you're still consuming carbohydrates, you still get to have a little bit of fruit, but you're really pulling out processed food and, um, you know, basically non whole version. And it really walks you through it, which I think is so important when you're making such a foundational change. Like you, sometimes you just need a good walkthrough of like, this is how you're going to feel. This is what you're going to do to prep. Yes. This is what their food's going to look like. This is how you need to grocery shop. Like sometimes you just need that in the beginning, you know? Yeah. And I love that this program has coaches available because yeah. 
it's really hard to walk through that real food journey on your own. So if you're new to um, like a real food, and when I say real food lifestyle, I'm talking like clean, ancestral. I don't like to say the word paleo, but I will so that you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but my my thought process is like paleo is an excellent anti-inflammatory approach. But, you know, more often than not, there can even be some paleo foods, foods that can, you know, cause issues for some people. Yeah. Um, Gotta but, listen to your body. Yeah. But also, you know, I think the key is like, paleo, I call it paleo plus. <laughs> what can you get away with? So, you know, you know, how are you going to do with adding in some white rice or some other safe starches yeah. like oatmeal? Um, mm-hmm. You know, can you do some grass fed whole milk? And how does it make full you fat feel? dairy? Yeah, exactly. That's, some people do totally fine. That's exactly why I really loved Robin Euclid's approach. Like yes. she was talking about, she just has a, a new book called Thin From Within. We're just like talking about all these people that we love because it's, there's such good resources where Robin really talks about like connecting with yourself, stopping questioning, how does this make me feel? Because that is how you're going to connect beyond some of like the physical, like obvious things that you're going to be able to record and measure. Mm-hmm. You really got to see how does this make my emotions feel? How's my sleep going? How is my recovery in my workouts? How, yeah. how are my workouts in general? You know, you can, and she talks a lot about knowing yourself and I think that's another part of it is knowing how you're doing with those paleo plus I love that paleo plus <laughs> so I'm going to coin that term so <laughs> the, the last thing that I that I want to mention really quick as far as like addressing skin hydration whether it be oil dry or water dry internally is like please y'all get some sleep Oh, work on your sleep hygiene, get some sleep. Like Mm -hmm. your skin is recovering from stressors overnight. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't getting proper rest, like if you think that like your body and your energy isn't returning to you in the morning, if you think your cell turnover is happening on your skin, like it ain't happening. Better check yourself. Yeah. You need, (laughs) you need more. And you know, this is why I talk about, you know, this, this approach is like a real food lifestyle. It's so much bigger. And and sleep is often sleep deprivation is a huge catalyst to people eating too much sugar yes. or not enough dietary fat. We're reaching for convenience things because we're freaking exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously reaching for stimulants, which will help you crave more sugar. So, and it'll, it'll what is it? It'll dehydrate you and yep, exactly. cause you have to drink more water. Exactly. And you can't really do. It's quite, it's quite the cycle. Yeah. Quite the cascade of events that can happen. So, you know, I think, I think we kind of touched on most of the things that, that I wanted to address, but what I would really love to hear from you, Genevieve, for a minute is, you know, helping someone find, you know, a topical solution for oil dryness, because that, you know, is something that can be helped externally. Yeah. And finding an oil-based moisturizer that your skin tolerates could go a really long way. So what do you suggest as a practitioner? Yeah, honestly, this is why I have really fallen in love with, um, with anything facial oil. Because they're, well, I actually had a really interesting conversation um, on Facebook about this because somebody was explaining, I love this maracuja oil. And it was like maracuja and like, I think it had one other oil in it. Uh, And while one oil can be fantastic and it can be really revolutionary for people, if you are looking for a comprehensive, something that's going to give you a lot, you need something that has a lot of blends in it because each oil has a different molecular structure. So it's going to interact differently with your skin. With different layers of the skin too. Mm -hmm. And they'll penetrate Mm -hmm. differently. And so if you're looking for something that's comprehensive, definitely look for something that's got I'd I'd say anywhere from like four to on up. Like if it's got four different oils in it, you're probably doing all right. Um, but I also love like balms. 
you know, you can use balms as cleansing balms. You can use them as, you can use them as masks. You can use them as carrying agents for essential oils. If you're trying to look for a topical, like frankincense can be great for anti-aging. Oh man. Oh, so can myrrh. Where I'm do, sure there's where a lot. Where do you like to add frankincense in, in the skincare routine? Total side note, by the way. Um, I like to add it into oils because it interacts best. It distributes best in oils. So anything. Yeah. So like Essential a bus- oils are oil right. soluble. Oh, oil right? Soluble. Well, I got to say it. But People, it was- stop putting essential oils in your water. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> stop note. it. Yeah, you, you don't know what it's doing to your insides. So, uh, but I have a couple products I love. I've got some beauty counter ones I want to talk about, but I also love skincare line, Leilani Skincare. It's a Kauai-based skincare line. And, I love Kauai. Oh my gosh. I've only been there once and it was enough. I, I am hooked. Work trip plan. We got to go tour Leilani's <laughs> You guys would come vacation with us and let us go there, right? So um, yes. there's this particular product that I love from her called Beauty Balm. It's it's Bless Beauty Balm is what she calls it. Mm. And um, what I love about this line is it's it's organic. A lot of her ingredients she actually pulls from her property. So anytime That's she... That's so freaking cool. That's so cool. It's Sarah. wild crafted. And she does such a good job of making it available. It's, it doesn't sell out that often. It's they're, They've got a good production basis. They're starting to get really big. It's got, uh, it's got blue tansy oil in it. It's also... It's got a bunch of different... Let's see if I can find all the oils that are in it because it's got a bunch. I'm pulling it up for you right now. I'm actually looking at it too. So we're, we're both oh. checking it out. Ooh. I think I might have to look at the bottle that I have upstairs to tell you all the oils, but I'll tell you right now, like, well, everything, first of all, is cold pressed. Like it's really fun to watch. She actually on her Instagram shows when they're making new batches and what it looks like is the coolest thing ever. That's so fun. And so this one is a really great one when you're, you can take off your makeup with it. But it also is going to help with the moisture barrier in your skin. So this is a good like oil cleansing method. But I, I've also used it as um, in the winter time because my skin gets really intense in the winter. <laughs> um, I like to use it as my first layer and then I let it sit and just soak in. And then I'll follow with the facial oil in the winter. That's That used to be my double moisturizing session. So the Blessed Beauty Balm by Leilani Skincare. She also has, she calls them serums, but really they're facial oils. Oils. Yeah. Yes. Are you but, talking about like the champagne serum? Is that a um, facial oil basically? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, I cool. absolutely, champagne serum saved my hide right before I found Beauty Counter because my skin was freaking out all the time. I had those dry patches, but they were very like nerve based. Like when I would get stressed, they would get aggravated and Mm. I needed some lip and layer. (laughs) Like I needed some stuff quick. So I, I almost used a whole bottle in like six weeks because I was putting it on sometimes three times a day because my skin, it was, I was using it almost like medicine for my skin. Well, when I have inflammation and issues happening in my skin, I almost always like my default is to switch to just using a facial oil a few mm-hmm. times a day yeah. to just like let things chill. Yeah, that's super smart. That's super wise. So if you find another facial oil, uh, I if you're looking to kind of repair the layer that you've got, the beauty counter has got three different facial oils. They've got the number one that's brightening. So it's got vitamin C behind it. And the number two has uh, jasmine in it. And number three is the ylang ylang. 
<laughs> I always have to like slow down when I say that. Um, <laughs> but the number three is my go-to in the summertime because sometimes I need a little more balancing in my skin because of the sweat and the, I do get a little more oily in the summertime. But number one is my year round. Like I use that one all that the has time. been my jam yeah number one it smells amazing i used to use the balancing the number three facial oil for the longest time because i had combination skin Thought and now it. that my skin has like chilled out and isn't quite so combination mm-hmm. i'm like okay well let's address some of this hyperpigmentation and i will use this brightening oil with vitamin c right i know and so one thing i was going to ask you is I feel like I see a lot of vitamin C, vitamin C serums, but Mm. vitamin C is usually well transferred in oil. Correct. correct? Mm -hmm. So, um, vitamin C quote unquote serums are usually vitamin C oils, aren't they? They are, but sometimes they'll call them serums because they're higher concentrations of vitamin C. So the thing that you have to be careful about with vitamin C though, is the higher the percentage, the more sensitizing and it also make you more photosensitive. Yeah. So you have to be careful about making sure you're doing and lots this, of good sun protection. Right. Get out your zinc-based sunscreen, people. Right. Well, this number one um, facial brightening oil is it's not going to make you as photosensitive. No, it's a really it's a not, pretty chill like formulation of the vitamin enough C. Enough to be effective, but not enough to be it's not sensitizing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I was looking at the Leilani one and she calls them serums, but they're they're formulated more like facial oils, but they also have some great like factors to them, if I remember correctly, some of the things that they've got in them. So, uh, like the, the champagne serum, it's, I mean, you just read off some of it cause I found it. It's grapeseed oil, rosehip oil, jojoba seed oil, sunflower seed oil, lavender oil, citrus, peel oil, calendula flower. So this is when we start getting, when you get to the extracts, that's the active ingredient in it. And it has almost split down the middle oils to active ingredients. So that's probably why it's called a serum, but it's also got, uh, green and white tea leaf extract which is actually going to be really uh, healing for and, your skin and rooibos too and yes anti-inflammatory what, oh, what? love me some rooibos yeah so i mean uh, when you look at your ingredients it'll help you shop a little more wisely when you know the balance of what you're purchasing because a straight up maracuja oil is great but you really could have so much more in yeah. that application. So an oil blend, long story short, <laughs> an oil blend would be a great um, moisturizer for oil dry skin. Yeah, I definitely think that those are, it's important to know how to like work with your skin in that scenario. Awesome. So we're going to wrap this up because we could keep talking forever, but especially Literally about forever. things that we love, like hydration inside and out. So we want to thank you guys for joining us today. Definitely check out. We're going to be adding things on the end if we see some exciting things coming by the time we launch this episode. So keep listening. You might hear some news. So definitely check us out. We will catch you guys in our next episode. And I'm back to give you guys the good news. That product that Cassie was talking about, this is Beauty Counter's Overnight Resurfacing Peel. There, I finally got to say it. I'm so excited to tell you guys about this product. It has 15 different acids in it that are botanically derived. They are AHA and BHA. They're targeted to work with skin texture, better appearance of pores, fine lines, dark spots, without irritation or over drying. You can find glycolic, 
lactic, and malic acids that clear away dull surface skin cells while hyaluronic acid and essential fatty acids soothe and nourish to reveal a smoother, brighter complexion. Honestly, this product can be for all skin types. If you're sensitive, if you're acneic, if you've got rosacea, all these things, definitely give it a try. Do a spot test like kind of behind your ear. Check it out. This is the most, the most exciting product that I've seen since I started Beauty Counter. You can check it out at www.beautycounter.com backslash Genevieve Blair. G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-B-L-A-I-R. If you have any questions, definitely check us out on our Instagram. Ask away. This has been a game changer for Cassie. This has been so wonderful to add back into my regimen because I know this is being formulated clean. It's dairy-free. It's vegan. It is my jam. I'm just so pumped to be able to offer this to you guys. Definitely check it out. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.